The Lord be with you. Welcome, everyone. We have a really good group gathered here in the theater. We've got some Sunday school classes who are gathered in their classrooms tuning in, and lots of people, I hope, from home who are also tuning in to this fifth annual town hall meeting. And we have lots of things we want to share and celebrate with uh, about ministries that have happened in the past year and dreams as we're looking ahead to next year. Um, so thank you for being here. I was so um, energized by worship at 845. Um, we've just had a great group of folks in the sanctuary and on live stream. Uh, so we're going to jump right in. Um, I'm going to open us with a word of prayer and then invite Ashley Howerton, who is our current chair of ministry table, to come and uh, lead us in the next part. So let's open with a word of prayer. Gracious God, we are grateful that you hold us. We're grateful for the the comfort and strength you have given us over the past 19 or 20 months as we have navigated the uncharted waters of a pandemic. We're grateful for the ways you have sustained us. We're grateful for the ways that you have stretched us and helped us to grow, given us courage to step out in faith and ministry in new ways. We trust in you for our future, and we pray that we will keep you ever before us, that you will continue shaping us in the love of Christ and sending us out with the power of the Holy Spirit to share the good news with the world of your unconditional love, of the joy that comes from following you. Be with us in this time together as we celebrate, as we look ahead. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Ashley Howerton, come forward. Come on down. Didn't know I got to hold a microphone. Can you guys hear me okay? Okay. <laughs> Good morning. As Carol said, my name is Ashley Howerton, and I am the current chair for your ministry table here at West End. And that just means really that I get the opportunity to see a lot of the inner workings of the church. It is, it's amazing to look back over the past 18 months and see how much the church has done and how active people have been behind the scenes. Um, I know for us, for my family for a long time, we really missed out on seeing faces and, and just being online. And it's, it was encouraging though to see that the work of the church was still being done, that missions were still being reached and, um, and goals of the church were still happening. So I just, I wanna thank you all for joining us today and just being interested in the works of West End, being a part of West End. Um, as I said, this has been a challenging year <laughs> for all of us, um, two years almost now. And, and, but it is so encouraging to know that we are in a better place than we were even a year ago. I think back, you know, this time last year, I was planning Thanksgiving dinner with my family and trying to think about where we were all going to sit outside and how cold was it going to be and what are we going to do. And um, this year, you know, I'm excited to have everybody back inside. So, but the church has been able to pivot and move forward and find ways to keep the ministries, the ministries growing. And that's really encouraging. But of course, the, the ministries of the church are only as good as the people of the church. And so we are able to do what we can do through all of you, and it's dependent on all of you. 
So as the, the children's song says, the, you know, the church is not a building, the church is the people. So I just wanna encourage you all to continue to stay involved, um, continue to find ways to, to reach out to other people and to get them involved and to get people back into the church. Um, we're about to, to watch a slideshow here in a second and see some of, the, some of the events that have happened over this year. But as a reminder, the, the slideshow doesn't capture everything. Um, we have Sunday school classes and small groups that are meeting on a regular basis. We have people reaching out to each other for coffee or just to reconnect. And just a reminder that we just always have the, church, the chance to be the church to other people. So it's just a, a reminder that, that, you know, connections and seeing people's faces makes such a difference. And it's just, it's really good to see you all. And I'll let Carol start our slideshow. Okay. Heath Jones helped put together the slideshow, and just so you know, the, um, the background music is the choir singing, How Lovely Are the Messengers, which comes from the scripture, How Lovely Are the Feet of Them Who Preach the Gospel or Who Share the Gospel of Peace with the World.
those are just some of the images of the smiles and the work of this congregation, the connecting, the transforming that has happened in this past year, and I hope it brought a smile to your face as well. In addition to what you've seen, I wanted to share a few exciting things with you. Um, this year, 2021, so far, we have had 27 adults join the church, some of whom had never been in the sanctuary. 13 confirmands. We've got three folks joining next month, some joining today. Um, I do not have the number of baptisms, but if you're in the 845 service especially, it's almost every week we are baptizing a child, a baby. Other um, ways that we've reached out in the community with Project Trans Transformation Reading Week, uh, with mentoring, our connection with H.G. Hill Middle School and support we've been offering there, our relationship, a developing relationship with C. Hubbard United Methodist Church, a historically black congregation close by. Um, Room in the Inn is gearing up, and folks are signing up to provide meals and, and help in that ministry. Our Habitat Build this year we shared with other Methodists, um, AME churches, and others in the Methodist tradition, and it was a beautiful uh, vision of the kingdom of God working together. I wrote down that last week we hit record attendance at 845, but we blew our record this week. Uh, just in this service, we hit our all-time high of 178 people back in worship in person at the 845 service. So uh, we like that trajectory. If you come to the 11 o'clock service, we're seeing a lot of visitors, especially young adults, um, who are making their way to West End at the 11 o'clock hour. And so we can feel the movement of God's spirit and moving into God's future. I want to say a, a huge word of thanks and to let you know, um, thanks be to God for our amazing staff. Your staff has worked really, really hard over the past 20 months. Thank you. And we have such a wonderful team of people, and in moments when one of us is dragging and like, I can't, ugh, Others can step up and say, I'll do that for you, or we have really worked together as a team, and we appreciate so much the support of our staff parish committee and of all of you who've sent us notes and emails and, and words of encouragement. There are a lot of places where staff has filled in, where normally before the pandemic we would have had lots of volunteers. And so we're, we're getting to that point where we're, we're hoping that um, church members will, will get reconnected to some of the ministries that you've been part of or to do something new. We need ushers and greeters um, with all of these new people coming in on Sunday mornings. We have, one, we have several people who've been sort of uber volunteers who have felt um, safe um, and not compromised health-wise, who've been greeting for both services for four months straight and um, so grateful for all of their dedication. Um, but that's not sustainable. And if we're going to move forward and continue to stretch and grow as God wants us to, uh, we need everybody who is able um, to, to reconnect and engage, as Ashley was saying. I want to say a word of thanks to our task force for reopening. It continues to guide us, um, offer wisdom and help in making decisions about masking and, um, and practices in worship. We are meeting this Wednesday um, as the Delta variant goes down to, to hear from them, you know, what, what continues to be safe as we wait for children to be vaccinated and so forth. Uh, because as a community of love, we want to consider the well-being of all and make sure that we're doing everything we can to keep people safe. 
So we are moving forward. God is doing amazing things around here and through this congregation, and we don't want anybody to miss out. So um, we hope that folks will be looking for new ways to connect and serve. Um, Kendall Dykeman is going to be coming up here in just a minute. Um, not next, though. Brent Clark's coming next. But she's going to be talking about Project Thrive, which is a process we've privileged to be a part of that is going to help us look to the future and look at some God-sized dreams for our congregation. 2023 is going to be our 150th anniversary as a congregation, so we've got that on the horizon and how we want to celebrate our deep tradition of being a church that's got a deep tradition but not stuck in the past, to quote one of our longtime church members uh, from one of our Project Thrive conversations. Uh, we are a church that is poised and resourced and open to what's next, and I'm just so blessed to be a part of this family of faith. So with that, I'm going to invite Brent Clark to come forward and share with us a financial update, where we are this year, and what we're looking to next year. I'm going to do the slides. Good morning. If you had not been asleep yet, now it's time for the numbers. So take, take your time to take a nap. I get excited by numbers. I guess it's a good thing I'm on finance. Uh, and I'm going to share with you a few items uh, and some keynotes and messages as we look at budget of this year, how we're doing, what, is some, what are the trends we've seen in the past, and as we gear up for our, uh, as we're in our campaign for next year. So when we took a look at some numbers, and I said, let's look at some trending, our actual giving and revenue has been flat for about the last eight years. In the scheme of what's going on in the rest of churches around the world, that's actually a very positive thing. Uh, we've seen giving overall at our sister churches has been declining. So it's a testament to West End. We've remained flat. Our actual expense budget has also been flat, which from a budget and finance perspective, that's good. <laughs> if our revenues are flat, we need to make sure our expenses and our are staying in line with our, our revenues. And the number of estimates have, of giving have fallen by over 200 estimates in the last 10 years put that in a chart to show where that's being made up, uh, but that's a key point. And the number of, the dollar amount of those estimates has stayed relatively flat, the total dollar of giving, but the average estimate has been increasing year over year. Key financial thing, if we have a flat budget every year to make sure our revenues and expenses are matching, we've been having to shift ministry programs versus growth in programs. Uh, so when you think about it, is also an expense side is cost of benefits. Everything else going on in life has been increasing without revenue increasing. Also, you've got to make cuts and shifts in other areas of ministry. So important key messages. So now it's exciting charts. So I put it in words and I put it in charts. This year's budget, just we, we break this down into what's called a narrative budget. They're, and Sandy Durbin does an amazing job on our staff of all I did to do is talk about it and present about it. She has the 85 pages of detail behind this of where do my financial gifts go. So this is the breakout of major categories. Worship being the largest at 24% and followed behind by children and youth of 21%. If we look at the slideshow, we would guess that children and youth would be about 85%. They had most of the slides, but very active through that. Uh, music running at 17%, spiritual formation 16%. Outreach and advocacy, 13%. Stacy would like for that number to be 90%. <laughs> and congregational care at 10%. This has stayed relatively consistent year to year 
uh, over the recent past. We started breaking this out a little differently about three years ago uh, to get a good big picture. But this is where our budget for 2021, how it has been, looks like as we're planning 2022 budget, seems to be fairly consistent. We have a giant, exciting finance meeting this week to actually start working on uh, 2020 or finalize 2022 budget. So if you anyone just wants to come be a fly on the wall, we'd love to have you in that meeting. So um, next slide, Carol. All right, this is the very busy slide. So I will orient you to the orange line going through the top. That is our total budget year to year. So this year sitting just over 2.5 million. You can see it, as I said, it's been relatively flat. We've bounced around that 2.5 million for a few years. Now we get into the bars and the buildup. Our pledged giving, those estimates of giving, and that pledged amount that comes in year to year, that's that large blue bar. For the last few years, we've been running about 70%, 75% of our revenue has been that pledged giving. The orange is that non-pledged giving. That's what's making up that amount. That's the, it's your, your plate offering, any other special gifts that are coming in. That's that non-pledged giving. And the little tiny blue at the top is other giving, revenue, uh, say four-story theater, if, if there are paid events, uh, weddings, other items like that. As you can see in 2020, there were no weddings. There were no special events with an admittance fee. That number dropped. Luckily, non-pledged giving last year was a huge year uh, for that, which was a, a, a pleasant surprise for all of us on finance side. So that's what we look relatively flat as it's been sitting there for the last few years just on a revenue side. Now on the next slide, we're going to go to that estimates of giving. This is the roller coaster ride. The orange line going through is the total number of estimates. You can see in 2013, we hit about 550 estimates of giving for the church. Uh, this past year, we were sub 350. So a huge decline. The orange bars going through the dollar amount of the total number of estimates. So you can see we reached a a peak of between 1.9 and 1.95 million in 2017, and then it's been a steady decline year over year. I say the average gift in each one of those years, you do the math on that, it's actually been increasing, but we've been suffering from a number decrease of estimates and a decrease in the total amount of giving behind that. From a finance committee, selfishly, this makes our job very difficult year to year uh, this year, as we were sitting planning 2022 budget, we said, all right, do, do we say we're going to hold revenues flat and hope that we get there? Uh, in ministry life, hope is a great thing. I say in, in finance, <laughs> hope is not a strategy. <laughs> so we, we struggle with that is how we look at that. We, we go back to that previous slide and say, well, revenue has been consistent. So that non-pledged giving, it, it's going to make it up. Surely it will make it up. I hate to say it, we hope that it does uh, as we look at that. We, we plan and we're planning a revenue budget at the time before it's finalized that's looking at fairly flat uh, from last year to this year. Key message in that, and should be the next slide if I remember, is our faithful giving campaign going on right now. Uh, I encourage everyone, prayerfully consider uh, doing this. We know our, our number of actual givers in the church, back that pledged giving and non-pledged giving, is about the same or has increased even a little bit. We love to see it on the estimate of giving side. It, it helps us plan and the ministries to plan their coming year. 
I know they've got a list of great things they would like to do. We would love to have that budgeted for and planned for, and so we can carry on and continue the mission of the church and expanding our reach and doing those things that just bring us all together and help bring other people with us together. So that's the generosity, a mark of discipleship. It is the key thing. Notice we've been studying Mark every week. So Carol, the ministry did a great job of coming up with that one there. Had no no input on that one. But uh, turn-in Sunday, traditional turn-in Sunday is November 14th. Uh, So we said before, that's the the traditional day, turn in your estimates of giving. However, we will take them anytime you want to give them. I think this year we had our last one that showed up in July. Uh, We did not turn that one away. We said, thank you very much. We added that in there. So uh, key messages at the end, we've been, I think it should be on the next slide. Revenue has been flat, therefore expenses have been flat. In order to grow, continue, we've got to have, we, we need some change in there. So we've been shifting things around in a budget to make sure, uh, ensure uh, that we're being uh, physically responsible uh, with our budget. And we're in good shape, but we're kind of holding flat right now. So uh, estimates of giving, very important. But thank you all. Questions for finance, love anytime, anything with the giving campaign. Jim Culver's in charge of that this year. You can ask Jim, ask myself. As Carol said today, her door is open to answer any questions on that, too. So thank you all. Thank you so much. A uh, couple of quick things. One is that the, the, the budget is, I think of it as our family budget. So it is an open document. Um, and no secrets. The Finance Committee is, is very open, as Brent said, to, to uh, have people come to the meeting or talk with them about what's in the budget if you want to look at that more in detail. Um, also, I will say we, we learned, um, we get um, our information on our health care costs in October, and we learned just in the past couple of weeks, I think since Brent's been out of town, that our health care costs for the staff are going up 23% this year. Beyond our control, it just is what it is. So for those um, who are able to, to bump up your giving a little bit this next year, that would allow not just to stay flat, but to grow a little bit. But, you know, that comes out of nowhere, and we've got to adjust and, and do what we need to do. Um, so next is Kendall Deitman, who's going to share a word with us about Project Thrive. Good morning. So the Project Thrive team has talked to dozens of you, and um, we've been working on this for about 18 months in conversations about our past and present so far. And I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the team for all of you who have participated in those conversations. We have greatly enjoyed talking to all of you about what brought you to West End, why you stayed here, what you view as the strengths of this congregation, um, and what you see as the resources that we have to grow and move forward and continue to thrive. So what we're working on now is gearing up for our future conversation. Now that we've talked about the past and the present, the hope is to come together to determine what is God going to do with this congregation. Um, So we had hoped in September to all get together and talk about that in person, and then the Delta variant really put a damper on that for us. So we've kind of taken a pause And in early 2022, we'll be planning to get back together. So you will be hearing from us about a future conversation. If you have already come and talked to us, we appreciate all your feedback. We've been putting all of that together. What we've learned so far will be shared in that future conversation. And if there's anything you'd like to share with our team, we would love to hear it. 
um, you could reach out to Carol as part of that team or myself or anyone else who's on the team. We'd be happy to share any feedback you have. But we'll come together in January and start talking about now that we've identified what we do well and who we are as a congregation and what special gifts we have, what do we all think about what we could do with that and what God is calling us to do. So I look forward to continuing having those conversations with all of you. And if there's anything that you'd like to share with the team, please let us know. Thanks. So we are participating in Project Thrive with 18 other churches of many denominations in the urban core of Nashville. And a few of us, Carol Ballinger and I, um, were able to go to um, a gathering a couple of weeks ago uh, with those other churches. And it was nice to be in person um, and, and hear what some of those other churches are learning. And uh, like them, like us, many of them have had to sort of put a, a, a stopper in things through the fall. But we're all looking forward to, um, to the future and what we can do not only as West End, but what could a group of churches who are going through this process perhaps even do together uh, to transform this city uh, for the love of God. So it's very exciting. So be on the lookout, as Kendall said. Now I'm going to invite Patrick McAnally to come forward. Um, Patrick um, and I were together in Kansas City. I'm sure he's going to tell you more what that was all about to give you an update on where we are in the United Methodist Church in this moment. Thank you. Good morning. Like a nice, robust good morning. Um, like Carol said, uh, I was very fortunate uh, to go to Kansas City with Stacy and Maggie and Carol and Tom Lee and Aaron. Yeah, we had almost everybody there. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. Um, but first, I want to give a quick overview of kind of where we are with United Methodist Church. So, you all know, um, General Conference in 2019, we passed the traditional plan. Uh, there was a kind of a storm brewing there around human sexuality and marriage. Um, and then COVID happened as we were all trying to figure out how we were going to move forward. Because as you know, here at West End and in many other churches, uh, particularly in the United States, uh, we want marriage equality um, within our churches for, for our members, uh, for our fellow United Methodists, and for our clergy. So in the, in the meantime, uh, as we've been trying to figure out um, what to do, uh, a couple of plans have come forth that we will see at General Conference in 2022. I am going to very briefly touch on these. Um, Trey, is that, are you right there? Trey's our guru. <laughs> uh, you can talk to Carol, uh, myself, uh, or there are plenty of us that, that can talk more about this. But the, the two that I want to go over... Uh, the Protocol of Reconciliation and Grace Through Separation, uh, and the Christmas Covenant. Both of these plans are, have been in the works. They have both been endorsed by a variety of Methodist groups around the world. Um, neither one of them currently change uh, the church's teaching and doctrine that would be in the Book of Discipline on marriage and human sexuality. No matter what happens at General Conference in September next year, 2022, um, that's something that we will have to deal with whatever happens. Um, the protocol allows annual conferences to uh, leave the denomination. If individual churches or pastors want to do something different, there's a process to make those things happen as well. Um, the Christmas covenant's a little bit different. It changes, they both change the structure of the church, but the Christmas, the Christmas covenant 
allows, um, let me get this right, it allows the conferences um, to change the way that they're done from, like the United States would become its own regional conference. So the outcome of becoming our own regional conference is then we would get to redefine um, the terms around sexuality and the terms around marriages uh, that would allow different um, countries, different conferences around the world to kind of contextualize um, their book of discipline, for lack of a better term, um, to what fits their ministry context. So those are the options. What I keep telling myself uh, as I think about a general conference coming up is we don't know what's going to happen. And so we are prayerful and we are hopeful, um, which is a nice lead to our large church gathering um, in Kansas City. We were there, we went over on Sunday, um, and we were there uh, conferencing Monday and Tuesday. And we were at the United, United Methodist Church of the Resurrection, and we were talking about our faith, what we believe, uh, our hopes for the church. We were lamenting the last 32 months um, that have been very difficult for all of us. Um, there were a lot of people there, and I would say that everyone there is committed to our church and committed to our, our mission. Um, and there are some people who want to do it differently. I want to do it differently than the church is currently doing it. Um, but it was overall a very hopeful, hopeful gathering. Uh, the way they define large churches uh, were those that had over 400 people in attendance on Sundays. So you had representation from across the country of a pretty large swath um, of United Methodist churches and, and actual United Methodists. <clears throat> we had seven different conversations, um, and I want to go over uh, a few of them and share some things that I think left all of us feeling pretty hopeful uh, as we made our way back to Nashville. So um, Adam Hamilton, who is the senior pastor at Church of the Resurrection, is very into data. So we did mentee polls, and it was active, and we got to see the results on the screen. Uh, it was really interesting. So one of the first questions that we talked about was what we value most about the United Methodist Church and why we have been drawn to this church. These were really interesting, and you kept seeing this theme, <clears throat> excuse me, some water. This theme come up um, repeatedly uh, throughout our conversations. Number one, Emphasis on God's grace. Two was passionate faith in Jesus lived by serving others. Three, three was theology shaped by scripture, interpreted with the aid of tradition, experience, and reason. Four was a wide welcome for all people. And five, which I loved and I heard it over and over and over, is that we want to be a church of thinking people. We talked a good bit about the structure of our church, and as we're going through these changes and we are more than likely headed toward an inevitable split, we have an incredible opportunity to reform some of the structures in our church um, that need to be changed, that um, are not equitable, uh, particularly to our brothers and sisters of color um, around the world and also in this country. Uh, we had a great conversation about theology and the authority of scripture, and we had a I think to me at times, I think to some of the other folks that were with us from West End, it's sometimes a frustrating thing that we've heard about a high view of Scripture and a low view of Scripture. And the more that we talked about it, what we realized, or what I realized, was that everybody 
there. Everyone who's participating in this conversation has a high view of Scripture. That's why we're here. That's why we're fighting uh, for this church that we love and trying to figure out a way to move forward. And it really helped me, you know, while I disagree uh, with a lot of people that are taking a position that doesn't affirm people like me um, and our LGBT brothers and sisters, um, that they're God's children too. And that part of our tradition as Methodists is that we can have, we have this church of thinking people and we can disagree um, and still be in ministry with one another. And that brings me to some more data. I mentioned this earlier. And this was really the, probably the most uplifting part um, of the conference the Wesleyan Covenant Association, which is one of the groups of churches that are likely disaffiliating, they're moving toward a new denomination called the Global Methodist Church. And when they were doing some surveying, they used uh, this question that referred to people and churches, congregations, of whether they were compatible or not to be in a church or in a denomination uh, with those that they disagreed with. Um, I think that most of the people uh, that were at this conference were leaning toward kind of the progressive end of the spectrum, maybe, maybe somewhere in the middle, uh, but toward a more affirming theology. But when we did some of this you know, polling where we could see the data, 94% of those present were in the compatibilist camp. And that's good news. That means that whether you're on the traditional side where I don't necessarily love this, but I can, I can deal with it, or you're on the progressive side, which is, would say, where West End is, um, looking at our policy changes, that's, that's where we're on that camp. Uh, but what we're saying there is that we can be in a church with people that we disagree with, and we can remain in ministry with one another. Um, a lot of that data, we're about to get, in a couple of weeks, we'll get more information on who exactly said what. Every question we answered, uh, we answered some demographic data as well. So I think that will be really interesting. Um, but we saw that our pastors that were in attendance tended to be a little more progressive than the lady in attendance. Um, but overall, uh, one of the other questions is 92% of people that were at that gathering no matter where they fell on that spectrum, said that same-sex marriages should be allowed. Not necessarily required in churches, but the overwhelming majority said that we want to head in this direction and we're okay being together. Um, my biggest takeaway uh, was that a lot of people, myself included, are ready for this to be over. We are ready for general conference to happen, for a decision to be made, for the doctrine and the discipline to be changed, um, and to get back to focusing our energy and our time and our resources on why we're here and to living out the gospel um, in the world. So I threw a lot at you right there, um, trying to stay kind of on time. Um, I'm happy to talk more about our gathering in Kansas City. Like I said, they can speak uh, much more eloquently about uh, the different options that the church is facing uh, but please reach out if you have any questions. Thank you so much, Patrick. While we're, oh. Here's some footage that we were sent of the conference. Yeah, you can see at some point you can see Patrick and Maggie and 
me kind of walking by back there. Um, so I just thought you might enjoy seeing... Um, See, this is the Church of the Resurrection. They do this like that. You know, <laughs> they have a camera, and then they produce a video like that. Um, but you can see Christian conference happening, and uh, it's very encouraging. Oh, there's Patrick. See? Okay, that uh, brings an end to the presentations we wanted to offer, and now we want to open it up for questions um, or thoughts, um, feedback, whatever you have on any of these areas that we've shared. Um, everybody who presented is still in the room. So, um, and if you're joining us on live stream, I think, um, Brandon, are you watching that, the chat? You can also put in a question uh, through the chat. So, does anybody here have anything you'd like to share or ask? Yes, Rodney. L let me give you the mic. Uh, my question to you, Carol, is what is the reason you think like 200 folks are not pledging anymore? That number seems a little concerning to me, and I want to know what your thoughts are about that. I'll repeat the question. So the question was, um, why do we think there are 200 people who are not pledging? I don't know if, if Brent, you want to speak to that first? It would just be speculation on my part. and this is completely informal polling, is uh, we looked at it, and that's what I said, the total family units giving, whether they're pledged or estimates of giving or not, has remained about the same. So while people are not doing estimates of giving, they're still regular givers. Uh, and so the reason behind that, we don't know. Uh, informal polling is some in our, our, our classes and other friends have been you know, it's just hard. I just don't think about it. I don't fill it in. I'm still giving, so don't worry about it. Um, and, and that's great. We love, you know, like I said, we're, we cash that check. Uh, but it, it's, it's helpful. I don't know a true reason. The family number is still there. We just love to have in that estimate of giving to give us a little bit more certainty uh, behind that. So. And the question is, in the, in the breakout of our, our budget categories, where does staff parish fall? Uh, and, and they are a part of each. So if we look at missions and outreach, and I look at Stacy, it's a lot of hers as Minister of Missions and Outreach. She's falling in that, that section and category there. So it's, it's a signing, and also it's a proportion. Sandy does, a, like I said, multiple pages worth of taking shares of each person and placing them in categories as they go through and attributing. So it's very uh, accounting-wise, of which I'm not an accountant, so uh, uh, of how that's attributed and, and put into each one of those categories. But it's spread across. I will say with the estimates of giving um, that I do think sometimes it's folks who just continue to give but forget to turn in a card. Um, but those estimates really, really do help us. And you can always change it if... if you lose a job or something changes financially or you want to raise it or whatever, anytime um, that can change. But it, it does help. And it's you don't have to mail the card back in or bring the card back in. You can send an email to Cindy Seamer or you can do it online. And we're hoping to make it easy because it really does help us begin the year with a sense of, of what we can do. So, Edgar, I'll repeat the question. So. How does our how is our membership at West End? Um, nowadays, we're 
looking more at worship attendance online and, I mean, it's hard now with COVID. Um, but before COVID, um, a better indicator was worship attendance, um, especially at a church like West End um, that's been around a long time. And we have kids who grew up in the church now living in Colorado who are still on the rolls. Um, and we don't want to take them off the rolls in case. They, so um, we did a few years ago go through the membership rolls and make a real effort to contact people and say, um, we'd love for you to stay here at West End, but we just want to make sure if you're worshiping somewhere else or you've moved somewhere else. Um, so we were able to, um, to make the membership roles a little bit tighter. Uh, but our membership has stayed pretty steady like our giving has. The Project Thrive uh, information um, showed that to be true. And our worship attendance also, um, pre-pandemic, had, had stayed relatively the same. Um, and now it's a little harder to to count that. So does that answer your question? Okay. <laughs> Other questions? Yes, Sue. The question is, can we shop around for a better rate on our insurance? And the, the Staff Parish Committee has a, a broker that they work with and every year he does a bunch of research and comes and brings um, different options and um, you know sometimes making a change means everybody's got to change the doctors they go to see and so there's a lot that they look at and factor in um, and pray over so they I don't know if anyone here is on staff parish but they they do yeah Lucius is our rising chair for 2022 um, so they give it a lot of time and and shop it out, and it's just the way it is right now. So, I don't know if Lucius, if you want to share anything else. Very brief, briefly, that was a great question. Uh, the insurance is a necessary evil, my personal opinion, but the 22, 23% increase was the best option. The others were even higher than that. So. Um, and with the limited number of staff members, it narrows the number of insurance companies that do business with smaller, I'll say businesses, but church. That's a good idea, and it's something to look into. Um, but we, we have a pro that's been helping us consistently for several years. And he really works hard at giving us the options that are available and letting us review them. And, you know, this year it just turned out to be 22, 23% increase. So there you go. Any other questions or comments or feedback? Anything from our live streamers? Yay! Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Everybody turn around and wave. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so uh, John made the comment that his company saw a 15% increase in healthcare costs. It's kind of everywhere right now. And then the question was, how are the preschool doing? And what are the numbers looking like in the preschool? Um, there may be someone who could speak to that more than I can. I know that, um, you know, in the early days of the pandemic, um, our 
numbers were way down. Our preschool did a great job of keeping the doors open, applying for grants. There was a lot of grant money available, so um, they've sustained their ministry. And um, there's a long waiting list for the infant rooms. <laughs> um, and I think they're almost at full capacity now. It's been a real struggle to hire preschool teachers. We're struggling with finding childcare workers on Sunday morning. So give Maggie Gerald an elbow bump. She is running herself ragged on Sunday mornings, uh, getting everything covered um, so that parents of young children can come and worship and their kids can have a place to learn about, about God. Um, so hiring some of those folks has been challenging, but I think the preschool is, all the positions are full and they're operating at, at, if not full capacity, close to it. Does that answer your question? Okay. Yes, Diane. I'll repeat it, okay. Yes, so Diane's question was, what other United Methodist churches from our area, our annual conference, uh, were at the gathering in Kansas City? Um, many of us were on the plane with the group from Brentwood, um, and they were the only other ones that we saw for sure. The, the pastor at Crossville first was there, um, but I did not see any other churches from our conference. There were a large number from South Central Jurisdiction, Texas area, and Southeast Jurisdiction had a good representation also. Right, and these were all large churches, so attendance of 400 or more on a Sunday prior to COVID. So, we all like to count our on online numbers because even if someone just clicks on it for a second, you get, <laughs> get a view. I was like, wow, we had a, you know, whatever. But anyway, that's why we want you to register online so we know you're with us. Any other questions or comments? Okay. Well, thank you all so much for being here in person, online, in your Sunday school classrooms. Um, if you know folks in the church who maybe couldn't be part of this moment, um, encourage them to watch the recording and um, catch up on the latest, the latest news from West End. So <laughs> let me send us forward with a prayer. Let us pray. God, I'm deeply grateful for our leaders for the dedication and energy of this congregation, for our deep desire to be your people on the corner of 23rd and West End. We want the light of your love shining from this place, meeting up with all the light that's shining all around our city to make your love so obvious and so warm and so welcoming. Be with us as we go from this time, some to worship, some back home, some to other things. May we continue to be shaped by your love. May we continue to share that love everywhere we go. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Bless you and keep you. <laughs>